Welcome back to another episode of the Equity Matters Podcast. This is your host, that is JB3. And I took a little time off. I, I took a week where I did absolutely no podcast work. I didn't do any social media. I didn't listen to any episodes. I didn't do any editing. And it felt great, right? I, I was able to reset and I was able to recharge. And I started thinking about kind of what the future looks like for myself, for the podcast. And so a lot of major announcements to come in the, in the very near future, but we will get to that when we get to that. Right now, I want to talk about today's episode, and we are talking about representation in a few different ways. And we're talking about representation using voice and using imagery. And I have the pleasure of introducing you all to Mache and Quintel Allen, who are the owners of A Sharp Photo and Ghost Readers. And we're going to dive into what it means to be representative and to be inclusive and to ensure um, people can see themselves in imagery and in voice. And why is this important? The thing that, that came to mind immediately when I started crafting this episode is I know I do a lot of presentations and I'm one of those folks who actually designs their own presentations. I don't use templates. And so I'm constantly looking for pictures that reflect whatever the topic may be. If you've ever attended any of the Equity Matters Social Justice Academies, I make those slides. So I'm pulling pictures from all over the place and, and I'm kind of a stickler when it comes to high quality stock imagery. And it's also important that you find pictures that reflect the people that you're talking to or the people that are being described. And so I, I often have these frustrating moments and you could use the uh, use our social media as a, a prime example of sometimes I just want to find a black person doing something simple, right? Like black person happy dot dot dot. And that's the way I find myself having to use search tools to find something that should be like an everyday thing. Black person sitting at meeting like it shouldn't feel out of place. It shouldn't feel odd. It shouldn't feel awkward. But in many cases, that's exactly how it feels. And I, I do want to shout out a few different groups that I've used to, to get imagery. And if you're following us on Instagram and on Twitter this week, we've been highlighting some of the groups that we use also. But I, I want to make sure that people can go find diverse images because most of the times when you think about stock photos, you tend to think of these stuffy office pictures where people actually don't look like they like each other. And then the black person looks like they've been photoshopped in. And it's just it's not a good look. So I am going to stop talking and I am ready to introduce you all to Miche and Quintel Allen. Um, you mind introducing yourselves, let people know a little bit about you and how you got into this work. Yes, sir. Now, now, I do want to just before we start say I feel like the intro was a little weak, <laughs> but, but it's fine. I, I'll. It's okay. It's okay. Ignore um, him. So, so it, the the main thing with us is um, what we do. There's kind of a me, and then there's a we, right? Okay. So, um, I'm a photographer. Um, that's kind of what I started out with everything doing, and as a photographer. Um, so, so here's how this happened, how I even got into stock imagery. I've been in the stock imagery on my own um, as far as with other stock houses 
for a while, you know, because it's it's great. It's it's passive income. It's something to do with those images that normally just sit on your hard drive. So it's a great way to just make money while you sleep. And I'm a big fan of that. I'm here for um, So I am in um, a circuit. I'm a church boy. And uh, one of my friends that I grew up with, she does a lot of background singing for um, minor and major gospel acts. And I'm like, hey, this is something that's pretty much untapped. You're not really going to find imagery like that because nobody's really doing that. So I was like, okay, she asked me to come shoot her stuff. I came my shot and I'm like, great, this is imagery that I can use. And when I submitted it to um, one of the stock houses, they were like, oh, you can't use this. You need a, um, a press, uh, a, like a release. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it was a pastor's anniversary. There is no press release, you know? So I talked to my business coach and I was like, man, how do I kind of get around this? Is there some type of catch all release that I can create? And he was like, why don't you just build your own stock site? And I was like, oh, right. You know, because people tend to photograph what they care about and what they like and what's familiar. And then, you know, as a black man, there, there's imagery that I want to see that I don't like even simple things like black people that are left-handed fathers and their sons. You know, these are things that are uh, black people swimming. These are things that are outside of the narrative and we can craft our own narrative, not only by talking and activism, but by the actual images that are out there. You know, we can do that by having this stuff. So that's really kind of how I fell into it. And then I think it's also, so my thing is while I'm, I'm building the library on my own, I'm also reaching out to and connecting with other creatives um, to get, you know, that stuff out into the market. And I used to focus just on photographers, but um, I actually am now reaching out to artists because I want clip art because I had a project where I was looking for black clip art. I needed a black hand ringing a doorbell and I could not find it, you know. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> oh, well, you know, that's, so as he was saying who we are, right? You know what I mean? So I know I said there was a me, there's a we. So I'm doing the we, okay. Um, so the we, well, I, I assist partially in the, the him <laughs> with the stock site. So, um, just, you know, ideas and ways to get and think, you know, just bouncing off. Okay. What about this? Do you have this type of stuff on your site? And, you know, just proofing some of the, um, images with him. But as far as we're concerned, um, we are ghost readers and that's, you know, we do audiobook narration, um, podcast voiceovers, different things like that. So um, that's the newer thing that we're doing together. That's the short version because he talks way more than that. <laughs> I love interviewing couples. This is great. Um, <laughs> so it sounds like the, the stock photo work started just from a gap that you noticed, like your own personal use of imagery. Do we know how this problem came to be? It, it sounds like at least for you, there was a barrier in the release process. So you had to create your own avenue, your own platform. But how right. about other folks? You know, how do they encounter these barriers? I have an unscientific uh, reason <laughs> why, you know, stock imagery is the state it's in. So many photographers are men, not all, but many 
are men. And a lot of men, especially younger or newer photographers, tend to really just want to spend a lot of their time photographing models, right? So because of that, you know, you're going to have a bit of a dearth in terms of uh, the, the variance or the range in photography. So if you boil that to black photographers, same thing, right? You know, so less photographers, but they're all black. A lot of them are men, they're shooting eye candy, you know? So you're not gonna get, you know, corporate photography or, you know, just, just people holding hands or just kind of people doing just regular kind of pedestrian things, you know? So I think there needs to be a push you know, to let photographers know that, hey, this stuff is necessary too. Like that other stuff you're photographing, it's cool, it's cute, it's pretty, but this other stuff that, you know, I'm doing through Umbrella Stock, Umbrella Stock's the name of my company. You go to umbrellastock.com, you can actually make money while you're not around. You can do something one time and then people can continually buy your images over and over. And for photographers, you know, while we love the craft, um, we also want to make money. And this is a great way to make money, you know, with maybe a little bit less work, at least on the, on the back end. So could you describe some of the implications of this lack of representation? I mean, I know for myself, I'm often working on some annual report or I'm putting design to some project. And I'm looking for photos that reflect people that look like me. And I, I swear I see the exact same face. You know, it might be the same black face in the elevator, the same black face at a desk. And it's just like, what is this telling other folks who are either picking up those products or responsible for designing them? Well, definitely just, I hear the frustration in your voice, you know, mm -hmm. like I exist, you know what I mean? Why are you telling me that I don't? And as adults, maybe we can handle that a little bit better, but for our kids to never see that, you know, just really bothers me. I think that's why like Black Panther just impacted me in such a major way. Like it might've spoken to the adult nerd in me or blurred in me, but I really think it spoke to the little kid in me that was like, that's me, like I'm on the screen, you know? Mm -hmm. And to me as enjoyable and as good as Black Panther was, I think Black Panther is important. So um, to make sure that these things are seen so that we realize that we have a place in the world because people dismiss um, media and television and things like that as just entertainment, but it is where we see ourselves, you know? And if we don't see ourselves there, I think there's some subconscious part of us that feels that either we don't exist or we're not supposed to exist in these other spaces. Right, it shouldn't be such an anomaly, you know, when we see us or, you know, we find something representing us. And the sad part is a lot of the stuff that's out there is just the opposite of who we are. Yeah. You know, people, and, and that's somebody who's not black can go and find something to tear us down or to put a negative spin on something um, easier than they can find something positive. And because it's what we see the most, we're kind of, I think we're programmed in a way to not even think about the fact that we can change it. Like, you know, we can put that stuff out there, the positive that we want to see, we can actually make that happen for ourselves and not have to just go with what's there and say, well, I guess 
this is what it is. I know we're mad behind the scenes, you know, like, why can't you find, you know, us doing the things that we do every day? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And so let's th switch gears a little bit and talk about the audio side of things. Why is that important? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, again, we exist in that space, right? Um, so I think the first thing is just to bring awareness of the fact that there are people that we can do this. You know, I think a lot of times, you, like there are certain areas or certain stores or things that you don't even go into because that's out of your pay pay grade or it's it's not in your space. But um, we have to make people aware that it exists. You know, so we can not have the black man who wrote a book this author who's telling his story and then it gets to audio and it's an old white man you know like that's and there are certain certain books especially you know when somebody's telling their personal story there are certain things that only somebody who can relate in that way who grew up like that can express what you're trying to say you know especially when it comes to certain uh terms in our vernacular <laughs> you don't want you don't want to say it wrong you know and and it just it it adds to the story it allows it to other people to really resonate with it you know because when I listen to an audiobook I'm gone lost you know and it, you can't something is lost in it in translation when it's not fully representing you yeah, and it's not like I mean I hate to always use like slang as the, the 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 measuring stick, but I mean, if the writer were to write Y A M E A N on the paper, you know that's yeah, you know I mean, but if someone is not from the culture, they could really get that wrong and really pull you all the way out of the story. Yeah, and, right, and they might not even understand <laughs> yeah, I mean. like like they don't even understand the purpose of the words mm -hmm. you know so forget them trying to render it correctly they don't even really know what it means you know it's it it was it it's not unlike reading um like i i've uh talked with quintel like you think we could uh, narrate you know um a spanish book because i i do understand some spanish but i'm like it, i can't even get the emotion right because mm -hmm. you know like there's there's a uh, there's perturbed angry and livid right if i don't know the difference between those then I'm, i can't bring that right energy to the character you know so same thing if they don't know like like i, I think i saw a meme that showed they were like like in new york there's like 10 different meanings of you good <laughs> and if you don't know which you good is 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 there on the page you can throw off the meaning of the whole thing you know yeah, you have this whole record scratch moment like you were in deep and then you're like wait whoa that's not what you meant to say and not that way right i often think about um recording myself reading to my kids um you know we buy a lot of brown boy brown boy what can you be type books and i reflect on like my own upbringing like you know my dad didn't read to me this episode is not about me clearly but i think it's important that you hear someone who sounds like you 
exactly telling that story and so one i just want to say thank you for that work that's it's it's so necessary because hearing our stories told by us i mean that that in itself is right. a lot yeah so what have been some of the challenges that you've encountered with the narration side of things i mean are you seeing kind of the same issues as far as platforms for black voices um i think and it's i think for us it's a uh, finding the finding the, the crowd or the group where the people are, you know, there, and, and I think a lot of people really don't know that it's a possibility. A lot of people don't um, grasp the importance of having an audiobook or being in an audiobook space, you know, so when you present it to them, they're like, huh, that's interesting. And they kind of think it's a novelty. So for us, um, it's, it's a lot of education and letting people know it's important. And I think a lot of people balk at the price, but that's of course because they don't they haven't placed the value on it yet and they don't understand the importance of it. So they back off a little bit. But um I, I think it's a great space for us to be. And then the, the good thing for us is we have a few different like items in the space. So yeah, we narrate, you know what I mean? But we also because we do podcasts, I was like, hey, why don't we offer podcast editing? You know, so that's something else that we offer. And then we even have templates um for like if you like if you go to audacitytemplate.com, um, we have a template for Audacity, which is a, a free digital audio workstation, um, Logic and GarageBand. So if you're like, listen, um, I could read my own book, I could do my own podcast, but I don't know how to set up the audio so it sounds the way I need it to sound. These things, you can open them up and then record and it sounds great coming out with very little adjustment. You know, so so we we try to well, and we also do the video stuff too. Mm -hmm. You know, so like if you needed a commercial or a book trailer, you know, our goal is to kind of be kind of a one-stop audio visual stop, um, audio visual shop for authors and people who create like audio content. But um, to answer the actual question, oh. <laughs> I didn't answer the question. <laughs> you oh, might man. have threw it in there briefly. Um, no, what just a challenge is like really finding our people. You oh know? my gosh, I said that. I mean, no, nah, you went into some other stuff, but mm. no, you, <laughs> I you, totally said that. That you was the glossed, first. You glossed over it. Glossed. You glossed. But no, seriously, like really <laughs> getting the the people to. Um, who, who need it and who want it. Like, you know, there are a lot of people out there that have written books and we've ran into some that was like, oh, it's only, you know, a couple hundred words. We don't need, really need an audio book. Um, helping them, like they don't understand how it can help, especially now, you know, um, during these times when people are looking for things to do um, and it just opens up another opportunity for them. So that and helping them understand and putting ourselves in the right spaces, you know, trying to find where, I think we just had a conversation earlier this week or last week about um, where else can we look? Because it's, for us, it's like, it's a job. So we're looking and we're auditioning, you know, and putting it out there like, okay, we'll read this for you. And do you want this? And, um, you know, getting, they get excited about it and say, oh yeah, this is exactly what I need. This is what I was looking for. You're perfect. <laughs> How much is it? There you go, skirt, silence. <laughs> so, you know, just finding that that space where it's as important to the author or whoever needs it as it is 
to us. We need to be on Clubhouse. Oh boy, here too. we go. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> so it's I, audio I, space too, you know. So anyway, I have Clubhouse. It's a it's an interesting place. Um, I feel like it's going through a maybe a growth spurt of some sort. I think they're entering their adolescence because it's mm-hmm. it's not a place that you want to be around too long. You know, <laughs> okay. it's not new. It's not cute anymore. You know, you yeah. get, everybody's selling something, but I'll say that for another day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Ghost Readers. I mean, I love the name, but does it mean anything? What does it mean to you all? Tell us about, you know, the full portfolio of the work that you're doing. Sure. So, yeah, and of course, the name is just a play on Ghost Writers. So instead of us writing for you, we read for you. Um, that actually came out of, so same deal, my, um, my business coach, Dave Anderson, Business Bully. He was teaching a course on using your voice to make money, you know? So I took it and um, he mentioned a lot of different things, but one of the things he mentioned was, um, you know, reading books. And I'm, I'm more the entrepreneurial person in this relationship. But when I mentioned that to Quintel, she was like, Ooh, I like that. You know? So we really just dove all the way into that space. Cause we both like to read we both, you know, are accustomed to using our voices. You know, we both sing and then we both, we both kind of, you know, lean into acting. So it was like, this is, this is, per- this is like everything we do. I mean, even in the, I would say in the year or so before I took the class, I had a friend who showed me how to engineer, um, you know, in terms of audio stuff. So I was like, we have everything we need to do this, mm-hmm. you know, so it was, it's kind of perfect. Going back to the idea of what other folks could do, I'm wondering if you could list out how people could amplify Black voices and Black imagery. Well, definitely. Um, If you are a photographer or an artist, um, you can can, um, reach me at uh, Umbrella Stock and you could be a contributor and be a part of that process. Um, if you go to uh, umbrellastock.com forward slash passive dash income, um, I have an application process, you know, to get you in. And I, I just, I love that because you actually have a hand in um, shaping the narrative of who and what we are. You know, as, as like you said, instead of just saying, why they don't do this? I, I'd say this to Quintel, I'm realizing as I get older, that we are they. Mm-hmm. When they say, why don't they? That's us. So whenever you say, I don't know why they won't, you that's need to do something. Do. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I was about to say. Just realize that you can, you know, whenever there's a lack or something missing, you probably have the tools to, um, or at least some of the resources to get it started and put it out there. Um, you know, our focus is outside of the photographers and everything, just the, um, with the authors and people who do podcasts and things, just, you know, like really sharing your story. You know, social media is the thing, all of the different platforms, but it's what are you saying? Like, is it really benefiting somebody? Like me personally, I'm not a social media person. I give all of that to him. So, you know, you go on my page and you'll see a post from church 
then the next Sunday, another, <laughs> like that's about, unless something really grabs me, you know, but um, even with us doing the audiobook narration, there are certain things that we would only do be, or we won't do because we're trying to represent us in a certain light. Now, you know, everybody like, you know, people like their little raunchy stuff and, you know, different things, but we're not going to do anything that's going to paint us in a picture that everybody else paints us in. We're trying to, you know, raise the standard. So I think if we have that, people have that um, in the back of their minds, like I'm trying to make us look better all around, like who represent, I'm trying to represent us for real. Everybody want to put on their crowns and, you know, throw up fists and all that stuff. But what are you really saying behind all that? The other days, that's not Black History Month. And when something dramatic and traumatic happens in the world, you know, so just making it a constant underlying thing of your existence. And I think art is activism, you know, so it's, it's one thing to scream and holler and cry when an, un, when an unarmed Black man is killed. But I think it's also a powerful thing to write a fantasy story with elves and wizards and all these fantastical creatures that's centered in a black world. You know what I mean? Or, or write about a little black boy that does magic or time travels or, you know, even like, I mean, horror. Like I, I keep, I'm too busy and I keep toying with it because I've always been a fan of horror and sci-fi. So I, I think there should be more of that written in our voice you know like i love the work that jordan peele has done you know so that's another way for us to really um plant us firmly in this world like we belong you know not just on the news but we belong in your imagination too i'm a big horror fan too so we're, we're here we're here on <laughs> indeed so Quintel, you said something that I have to go back to. Um, I was recently asked to pin a piece for an organization about reflecting on this moment and what it means to actually practice racial equity. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to write something really long and it turned into a like maybe two paragraph statement. And one of the things that I said was, you know, taking a stand is nice, but where are you going? Hmm. Who's going with you? And how are you going to get there? And so I want to ask, how do we move away from this moment of, you know, diverse voice and diverse imagery as a trend? You know, it's, it's not just a moment. How do we sustain the momentum? I think that's like one of the hardest things, um, especially, you know, this past year, just looking at everything that went on and how everybody was just, riding that wave you know and now it's like okay even just at this moment looking back like I don't see what I saw then you know so I think you don't want to want to have to experience something tragic you know for it to really hit home for you like personally um I think if we if we really made it if we made it personal when it's not you know like it's going beyond just what we say. But if we make effort, an effort to um, make it our own, like doing things in our own lives that would um, 
impact our children and our families and things like that so they can grab onto it and not just post it you know on social media um and not just talk about it you know in regular conversation but actually doing a thing like be about it don't talk about it be about <laughs> it like that i mean if you want to put it into those terms <laughs> but i think it i think it has to be personal we have to make it like a part of who we are our daily our daily lives or we're not gonna really carry it it just be like oh yeah i remember that that was that was interesting and then it, it stops there's no buy-in and so I'll, I'll wrap up with this idea of intentionality. I think I started with it also. And a lot of my, my listeners are attached to organizations who, you know, they may not be the CEO, they might be like middle manager, they might even be frontline, mm -hmm. but they're all having conversations about DEI. And what we, what I think is often missing is that real inclusion piece. Like, you know, you say you represent these things, but you don't really demonstrate it. How can we use the power of imagery and voice for being inclusive? So, first of all, I, I, I um, rankle a bit at the idea of inclusivity. I don't necessarily want to be included in your thing. I want my own space and to be in that space. And if we are fully involved in our own spaces, we don't have to worry about being included anywhere else. Like, I'm like I'm I'm part of a um, a group of people that um, studies investing and the stock market and crypto and to be in a room every Tuesday with like a hundred black people talking about which stocks to pick you know what I mean and and doing research on companies and and throwing out all this stuff is just like spine tingling you know and it's like I don't need to be included in a space with white people to feel good you know what I mean I I I'd much rather be in a place where I know black people are killing it, you know? Um, so, but, but the thing is when we start putting that content out there, putting that information out there, you know, they're, they're welcome to go ahead and include us. But I think we need to be included um, in our own spaces, not necessarily in theirs. And I think if anything, the lack of in inclusion probably happens more in the black community than without. And that's probably a bigger problem than we think about the fact that which we're working on this, this thing to get other people to love us when we don't necessarily love who we are. So if we love who we are, that really takes care of a whole lot. Well, and I think that also speaks to um, for those who are in the middle of it, like, you know, you, you're at the table and the people are saying the right words, but they're not doing the thing or really making the effort to do what they say. That's the opportunity right there. It's like, if you're in the room where it happens, <laughs> Hamilton reference, um, <laughs> if you're in the room, then you have to speak up. Like you can't just gloss over it and then wait till, you know, the four black people that are at the table go out and go to the other the other office and be like, yeah, man, but they didn't even, well, why didn't you say that right. during the meeting? Like we, I mean, if you're in the room, then that gives you some, that gives you some voice. And that's the opportunity to speak up. So it's like we need to be in a place educated enough and willing to call them out. Like, okay, you said this, and don't just say, but you didn't do. Here's something you can do. So we need to have the solution 
already if we see that this is the you know this is the problem you're talking but i'm not seeing it let me show you how to do what you're saying you want to do michelle you're gonna to have to send me that uh stock group so i can hop in there on tuesdays and listen in i just i just got into crypto and i'm like uh, oh there's money to be made and uh, this this um this evening all during dinner i was watching videos on how to make nfts because you know, I'm a photographer, so I have art, and I'm like, wait, I can create. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm getting excited, <laughs> y'all. I can create <laughs> products, and it can be sold on the blockchain. Here's uh, just a bonus with an NFT. All right, so normally, let's say I sell you some art, right? You have it, you enjoy it. Ten years later, it appreciates. You sell it to somebody else. I don't get anything. Of course, I don't. I sold it to you. We're done with blockchain. If I sell you art and you sell it, I still get a little bit. That's bananas. That's generational wealth right there. Yes, sir. That's how it happens. I'm not, I'm not mad at that at all. You know, we gotta make sure our, our legacy leads itself forward. For By the Hood University, that's the name of the group. So okay. uh, B-U-Y, and I'll, I'll send you a link. Great, great. So I know you've given the plug for Umbrella Stock is there any other social media that you all want to share with folks so they can keep in touch? I'm definitely going to link the website in the podcast details, but want to make sure that they hear it if they don't check that. Yep. So of course, you know, umbrellastock.com and then everywhere we are, I'm uh, at umbrellastock. I think it's umbrellastock.inc, but just umbrellastock. Um, as a photographer, um, I'm the name of my company is A Sharp Photo. So everywhere that is A Sharp Photo. Um, and, and with a sharp photo, I actually do virtual photography. So it doesn't matter where you are. I can photograph you from where I am. Um, and then with ghost readers, we are at ghost readers, Inc everywhere. And that's, um, ghostreaders.com. and a sharp is a dot biz. Michelle Quintel, thank you not just for the episode, but for the work that you all are doing. I think it's so important that we are intentional about our voices, about our stories, about our images, because if we don't tell it, who is, right? It'll, right. it'll be lost, it'll be forgotten, and we can't have that happen. So I'm grateful for Ghost Readers for, for making sure that's not lost. Who tells your story? <laughs> Second Hamilton reference. Who all lives, right. who dies, who tells your story. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you. And I definitely will be sending some folks your way if I don't use it myself. Indeed. <laughs> nice. Thank you. You know, there's so many things that show up in this episode that I'm just like, wow. Thinking about the fact that this was recorded actually in February of this year. So it, it's, it's older, but, you know, we're talking about crypto. We're talking about NFTs and things that are like really popping right now and unfortunately i didn't take advantage of the the crypto movement like you know i just didn't pay attention like i should have and i didn't learn how nfts are working and now we're talking about the metaverse but i guess that's that's for another topic but just the things that were so salient i want to really thank ghost readers michelle and quintel for for hopping on the pod because i've struggled with this notion of like who am I in this space, right? As a podcaster, and I've always hated the term influencer. Don't subscribe to that model because I feel like it, it requires 
you know, an individual plus people to follow. But I, I do really embrace this notion of being a creative because it's something that I can do independent of others. And it just gives me space to do the things that I enjoy. And I was I was talking to my wife yesterday about how sometimes my body just craves the ability to create. Right. Like I, I just need something to do with my hands, you know, using the gifts that I have. I've been toying around with this idea of releasing some of the poetry that I've written over the years. And, you know, I want to do a children's book for my son and I've got some other ideas for my other son. And if in case you didn't know, I'm about to have another son. So there's there's like, you know, all all these things going on. And, you know, my wife and I have a podcast that I want to bring back. And there's just this notion that as an individual, I just love the ability to create and this episode really helped foster a lot of those thoughts in the spaces that I like to find myself in and so just grateful for that I do want to give some quick announcements um quick shout out to the soon-to-be Dr. Brandy Anderson for reaching out to me on LinkedIn and inviting the Brothers in Social Work Collective that's uh myself Gary Taylor and Christopher Scott to come join her at the University of South Carolina's social work program. Um, What we're trying to do is really dispel a lot of the myths when it comes to being black in social work and also what it means to be black in social work. So doing both of those things at the same time and also just trying to create an avenue for individuals to get the real deal. I mean, we get a lot in education as far as like what to expect when we graduate. But there's nothing like hearing from folks who have been in the field at a variety of levels. So myself coming from more of a macro lens, talking about policy. Trey has got this strong community organizing background, um, living in more of the meso space. And you got Chris, who's a school social worker, who's really into the micro work, also pursuing his licensure. Also, Trey is also a a therapist. So, I mean, we've got a, a great combination of skill sets, of experiences. And so putting ourselves out there as a group that says, hey, come come holler at us. We can do trainings. We can do workshops. We do keynote presentations. We, we do all of the things. And again, that goes back to this notion of being able to create, you know, when you have a vision and you just say you put it out there. And what I've learned and what I was hesitant for for so long was, you know, you wanted this perfect product to put out because you wanted people to consume your best work. And, you know, there's times where being perfect is the enemy of the good and you don't put the product out because you're waiting on that perfection and it it is just going to hold you up. So put it out there, whatever it is that you're working on, it's good enough. Right. And for me as a creator, not an influencer, I want to be able to put out things that bring me joy for the fact that it brings me joy, not necessarily because I want likes or because I want more people to follow or I want more people to to subscribe, which is great. I mean, it's a byproduct of me creating. I don't want it to be the product of me creating. And so shout out to Brandy. Shout out to the homies at the University of South Carolina. Thank you for rocking with us. And let's start lining up more of those conversations for the new year, because We've got a lot to bring to the table. I know there's there's just a thousand ideas floating around that we're all grasping at at any given moment. Grab three, write them down, make them happen, 
because that's that's what we're here to do. We're here to create. So I was supposed to have the last module of the Social Justice Academy this month, and I realized that it just wasn't going to happen. So putting it out for January, we are going to wrap things up with Beyond Bias, the anti-oppressive practice basics. Be on the lookout for that. Um, more details to come. Also, Equity Matters is entering into its first uh, collaborative with another group. So more to come on that. I, I can't share the details yet, but be on the lookout for some new content around behavioral health. And I'll just I'll leave it at that. Leave it as a teaser, but more to come there and really just looking forward to the things that we've mapped out. Um, I've filled out one of my old journals like it's become my my muse cage, the place where I put all the things that excite me, that bring me energy, that bring me joy. That's where my writing lives. That's where a lot of ideas were birthed. And so just excited to go into a new journal with new ideas and looking forward to the things that are going to span out within the coming years. So I'm not going to hold you all up today. I, I want you to go out and to create. That's my charge and call to action from today's episode. Follow us on social media. That's at Equity Matters Podcast on Instagram at Equity Matters PC on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on whatever your podcasting platform happens to be. Leave us a review because that's cool, too. And whatever you're doing, make sure you're safe out there. And we'll talk soon. Of course, you know, equity matters.